Welcome to Hostel Homies, a podcast focused on the best parts of backpacker culture. I'm your host, Joe Glasgow. Each week I sit down with a new guest, ranging from the people I meet while I'm abroad to professionals who work in the travel industry. Listen along as they share hilarious and inspiring travel stories, unparalleled recommendations on where to go, and tips for seeing the world on a budget. For Hostel Homies, it's all about the journey, the destination, and the people you meet along the way. Hello, Hostel Homies. This episode is brought to you by The Hostel Group. Visit thehostelgroup.com and support hostels by booking direct. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hostel Homies. I'm currently in Granada, Spain, seven days into it, and I'm already in love with this place. Uh, There will be a mini episode soon where I will go into more detail about why this might actually be the most beautiful city I've ever stayed in. This episode here is actually taken from recordings from the beginning of my Euro trip in Ireland and Northern Ireland. The few weeks I spent out there were absolutely incredible, and I attribute that to both the outstanding scenery as well as the humbleness and kindness of the people. And I think those two things go hand in hand. Just to give you one example of someone I met out there, uh, the cab driver I had in Belfast at the end of my ride got out of the car and walked me to the pub I was going to to make it easier for me to find. Uh, and then said, that'll be eight pounds if that's all right with you. If that's all right with you. Uh, Like, I'm used to the cab drivers in New York City being like, that's $15 with the ambiguous $6 charge. Also, the card machine is broken. Go fuck yourself. This guy said, if that's all right with you. And it honestly sounded like in his voice, like if I didn't have the eight pounds, he'd be cool with it. The guest today did his fair share of riding in cars throughout the Ireland's. We sat down in the Dock Cafe in Belfast, where he told me all about his experiences hitchhiking through the two countries. After being inspired by his stories, I actually did some hitchhiking myself a few days later. Uh, So throughout the episode, you'll hear some audio footage of my hitchhiking experiences as well. So without further delay, please enjoy my conversation with Roland Kreiter. It's hard to pronounce Kreiter English. Kreiter. Kreiter, yeah. Gotcha. I took a I took a few years of German, but my German is not good. <laughs> yeah, not you good. had in America. You took a few years of German. Yeah, yeah in uh, in the high school, I took it, and oh, it was so. one of those classes where we just watched a movie a lot. You know, the, the teacher. The best it. ones, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, at the time, at the time, my favorite class. <laughs> We didn't even. We would just watch movies in English. Uh, okay. <laughs> they weren't even in German. Like, and some of them didn't. Maybe with German subtitles. <laughs> Not even. No, you'd think so. And it, you'd think like, oh, it, maybe it's Munich or a story about Germany. No, uh, we watched Remember the Titans, a football movie about the South. The hey, come on, Remember the Titans. That is a football movie, and Germany is at least very much into soccer. Into soccer. <laughs> That's how she was justifying it. The teacher yeah. just like, yeah, it's kind of, I don't it's know, just watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know. Yeah. I'm sitting here in Belfast, Northern Ireland, uh, at the Dock Cafe. This is the first uh, recording that I've done in, in a public setting, so apologies for the noise. Uh, I'm sitting here with Roland Kleiter right. from uh, Germany. Which part of Germany are you from? I'm from Bavaria. It's Bavaria. a city uh, called Nuremberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the people may remember it from the Nuremberg trials after the Second World War. And is Munich part of Bavaria? Yes, uh, Munich is in the south and uh, Nuremberg is in the north of Bavaria. But both is basically in the south of Germany. And I think when people go to Oktoberfest, that's a Bavarian celebration, right? That's the Bavarian or the the German celebration. Is that right? Okay. Oktoberfest is, is... 
giant, but it's incredible touristic. I'm not a big uh -huh. fan of Oktoberfest mm -hmm. because especially in Bavaria you have a lot of other beer fests around which are way, way less uh, crowded, where are where if are more uh, traditional, you can take out your beer mm. out of a tent, you can drink it anywhere, You're, you don't have to wait in huge lines in front of a tent until you can exit it. don't have to book a table one year in advance to be able <laughs> okay. to sit there. And so, like expensive tables one year in yes, advance. Yes, of course. Yeah. And the beer as well, or the mass. Yes, in yeah. the big old steins. Exactly. What, would, what would you recommend people do? What is a festival you'd recommend other than Oktoberfest in Munich? Like everything right. around, basically. Yeah. Um, my biggest problem in Munich was, or at the Oktoberfest, was once I was running around one hour at this uh, Oktoberfest without even having the chance to grab a beer because <laughs> I couldn't get into a tent. You can't get any beer outside, so in the oh, end I just no. decided to leave the <laughs> Oktoberfest, walk uh, like five minutes out and sit down in a pub where you can get the same mass, like traditional, for half of the price yeah. and super amazing. But the Munich itself is because it's so famous, everyone is going for. But around it, even Freising, Freising is basically the in, the, in Freising is the airport of Munich. Is that right? Okay. Yes. They have an own small, smaller um, beer fest. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing, you can do whatever you like. It's not like that huge, but it is more traditional. You can get the same food and you have the same experience as on the Oktoberfest, just cheaper. And so much easier to get to, because that I, I've been to that Munich airport before and it's, yeah. it's kind of far away from Munich, if yes, I remember it is. correctly, right? Yeah. At least an hour by train or 45 minutes by train? Yeah, 45 minutes around, around there. there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I started my travels, I, I lost actually my flight because of that uh, train to Is the airport. Right? Yes. <laughs> still, still holding a burden against that airport, yeah. Um, so I'm no, not okay. very much a fan of Munich, but um, I still have friends for it. I like to, to go for sometimes mm -hmm. and hang around in the parks. They are kind of cool. Uh, but yeah twice at the Oktoberfest were enough. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of avoiding the September yeah. and October time, sure. Exactly. Well, I'd like to get into the, uh, you know, your, your history with traveling. Uh, mm -hmm. We met, just to give the listeners a background, you and I met last night uh, yeah. through our couch surfing hosts. Exactly. It's my first couch surf I've ever had. Mm -hmm. uh, the host I had is a very nice guy named Mark. He knows a guy named Casey, who you reached out to last minute last night. Casey turned out to be such a nice guy. I got to meet him yesterday. We had some, we had some beers with him, and I think He's just a good example of how people are in, in Ireland and Northern Ireland in general, based on my experience at least. Everyone I keep meeting, and you made such a good point of this, is the way how polite people are out here and yeah. how nice people are, but you, you basically said that the, the least polite person, I don't know how you put it, but the least polite person is still polite out here. Yeah, right? I said it like for a free or the levels of uh, people being nice here yeah. are very friendly or extremely friendly. Yeah. Uh, very nice or just kind. Yeah, just kind. And just kind is the worst you'll meet. This yeah. is the worst you'll meet. Yeah, these people will just offer uh, maybe a kidney for you instead of. <laughs> no kidding, man. Now these people are like during my hitchhikes here. It was incredible. This is how how I got this uh, this idea. How how nice and how how cool people and very laid back they are here mm -hmm. because. Um, 
There were several opportunities uh, where they could just leave me for. No one had to, to bother that guy staying for, but they stopped. Especially, you have even more chances to get a lift if, if it's raining yeah. or if, if it's cold. Even it's cold, and sometimes uh, they just stopped and the first thing they said, yeah, get in, it's cold out for, and I'm like, not that cold but thanks <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> thank you so much and in the end of the rides because you always have some chats with them explaining uh, problems you might have had so I already just from some lifts I got uh, some cardboard to write my next uh, uh, destination on nice. top of it yep. that was like the just kind other people gave me a signal vests because I told them I had to walk once a few kilometers on the roads mm -hmm. and they were so frightened about that story and like no 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 so I, I will not let you out of a car without giving you this uh, these are like reflectors uh, reflecting yep. vests mm -hmm. um, for you put it on your backpack so people can see you and yeah. if you are ever again in the dark um, other people gave me like small necklaces uh, as with some sands on it for for religious support yeah because they were very catholic yes, yes. and for that reason uh, they, they just wanted to give me something for blessings on my travels oh my so gosh nice. how sweet is that yeah it is and another one even um offered his umbrella but that was a pretty good umbrella and i seriously <laughs> didn't want to take him from him because i had my rain jacket and yeah. everything so he didn't have to worry but some people are really Push you, take it, take it, please. <laughs> yeah, please, take it off my hands. Yeah, take, take, <laughs> take it, take it, take it. Yeah. Well, just to give everyone some background, this this was your first time hitchhiking, right? Here in Ireland. Is that uh, right? okay. Yes, exactly. It uh, I start. It started from Dublin to Galway. Mm -hmm. This is a 200 kilometers uh, distance from each other. It's mm -hmm. basically Dublin is uh, on the east and Galway is on the, the west. Very, the very west. Yeah. So I just cut it the country and I. I made it in, I guess, three to four hours. Which uh, is quick. This is very quick. Yeah. And uh, most of the time, uh, you don't have to wait longer than 20 minutes. Uh -huh. Yeah, that, is, that was actually, I only waited once 20 minutes, and that was my very first ride from Dublin to Galway. Uh -huh. But Dublin is a bigger city, so the chances uh, in some villages, in, in the countryside, is way easier uh, to get a lift than in the city, in big cities. But most of the time, it's more like five to ten minutes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are even stopping because you just have a walk and asking you, hey, do you want to live to the next city or something like that? You didn't even ask, they just stopped. Gosh, they're just pulling over just because just yeah. they're kind people. Exactly. Yeah. I have to interrupt this part because uh, it's important for me to point out that Roland has an incredibly kind face and trustworthy eyes and any other justification I can make for why he was able to get picked up so much quicker than I was. During my first time trying to get picked up in Belfast to go to Ballycastle, it took me at least two hours before I got my first ride, uh, and that was just a three-minute drive to get me into a better spot to get picked up. After another hour of waiting, I was picked up by a father and son who were coming back from celebrating the son's birthday. The father was actually a police officer in Belfast who explained to me that he used to hitchhike all the time when he grew up out there, and he picked me up because he missed seeing the people doing it. So the two of them drove me about 30 minutes north, and that was great because it was closer to my destination in Belly Castle, but it was still pretty far away, and the sun was already almost down at this point. So I hopped on a bus, and then I took a taxi to the closest place I could find a hostel, a town called Cushendal. 
the hostel is called the Ballyhuman Barn, and it's owned by an award-winning storyteller, Liz Weir. And I just happened to be there on a Saturday, which is the one day of the week where Liz hosts music and storytelling sessions at the barn. When I walked into the session, it was a nice, intimate venue. Uh, Everyone's sitting in a circle. These are musicians and storytellers and poets from all over the Northern Ireland area. I actually learned at the end that some people actually drove two hours just to come perform and listen. And everyone's sitting in a circle, and therefore you tend to get roped into performing in some way of your own. Um, I do, I do stand up comedy in New York, but it might be, I don't know, I was about to say, I don't know if it's the right time for that. I have a story that I can tell though. I've, sh- I've only shared it once before. It's very short. Um, Mark Lewis, uh, is the light. Mark Lewis is the type of person who walks into a room and brightens it up. He makes the people around him better. Uh, Mark Lewis is a friend. Mark Lewis is the type of person who has the advice you wish you would have gotten two years ago. You know, he, he, has the, he has the information that you always needed, and all you had to do was just grab a copy with him. Uh, Mark Lewis was a teacher. He actually uh, taught a class about storytelling, and he would entertain people with his stories. Uh, Mark Lewis passed away a couple years ago, and I miss him a lot, and uh, I wish I could get his advice. I wish that I could uh, be around that light that he brings, and I wish that I could hear a story from him. Uh, and I bring this up not to make you feel sad, but to just suggest that if you have the chance uh, and you're around someone, be their light and, um, you know, help out a friend uh, and tell a story if you can and be someone else's Mark Lewis. So, okay. Thank you. What made you decide to hitchhike through Ireland? Um, I'm on a low budget right mm-hmm. now, so I, I don't want to spend too much money for that reason, the culture thing as well. And on, uh, on top of that, I also just want to experience some adventure. This is an adventure and a challenge for myself. I put myself all my life into different kind of challenges, either work or studying or even some sports. And this is the new challenge, a world trip around everywhere. and. In these big challenge, I found smaller ones all the time. Of course. And it was actually quite hard for me as a German to, to place myself on the street with a shabby cardboard and asking for a lift. Uh, but it is so cool because I was very shy first thing for mm-hmm. it, almost didn't want to look into the eyes of the people because I was like, we Germans don't do that much. Yeah. There are a few ones, but many Germans are just too... Yeah, too afraid of what other people can think about them just mm-hmm. because they're staying for and asking for a lift. Of course, yeah. And uh, that's very vulnerable. Yeah, and yeah. that is that's something uh, I, I thought as well. But that disappeared like in within five minutes because it was so incredible to see when you actually try to to, to watch the faces of the people who are passing mm-hmm. you. Some of them, yeah, just like give you a thumbs up, yeah, or some others just tell you if they have another way, no matter if it's true or not, but at least they respond to you, mm-hmm. and they, they don't just look away and don't want to do anything uh, yeah, to do no, with you. There's it's, no judgment or anything, It's right? no yeah. judgment at yeah. all, and uh, that helped me a lot, actually, and... Uh, 
uh, yeah, I continue to have more and more fun just to turn around and see what what people look. Many are just smiling and just I felt like um, acknowledged in mm -hmm. this way, and that helped a lot. Uh, but this challenge is. Um, is one point and the other point is when I figured out how to travel in Ireland mm -hmm. uh, what to do because in Iceland uh, the, the country I have been before the best opportunity uh, to get around is, is renting a car sure. uh, yeah. and, and traveling on your own. In Iceland like you, you were saying yesterday you hardly see anyone outside of the main city in Iceland. Exactly. Right? Yep. Yeah, because uh, 350,000 people in total are living on that whole island. That's right. And 90% are living in Reykjavik. That's what I learned in Reykjavik. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, that is incredible. So you hardly see someone, and if you see some car, it's most likely a tourist. That's right, yeah. 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 That tourist rented a car and did exactly what other uh, people are doing. But here in Ireland, um, the recommendation was actually uh, to hitchhike. Like buses and, and oh, trains are not so common. Buses mm -hmm. are basically the way how to drive from A to B. Other people are renting cars, but I didn't want to rent another car, mm -hmm. like because of a low budget it idea. Works, yeah. And uh, so I thought, okay, hitchhiking could be an opportunity. It will cost some. Uh, it will. I have to become a little bit brave to do that. Yeah, in my of opinion. course. Yeah, were you were you afraid of even you know the common fears about hitchhiking are getting something stolen from you, getting kidnapped. I mean, these are just that come some of the few. Did you have mm -hmm. fears of this at all? Um, not so much. Actually, yeah. my, uh, the, my biggest fear was how pe what people will think about me just mm -hmm. because I stood for. And that, is, uh, that was my, of course, you always have the ideas. But in my opinion, I, I will get out for somehow. I will see if, what's the idea of the persons in this car or how many people, if it would uh, be a car, at the beginning it would be a car with several guys or something mm -hmm. I wouldn't probably go in for. Yeah, but in the end I didn't care at all because there was one car stopping, a really small one, four guys were in it. <laughs> I got the last <laughs> seat and uh, they were from Uruguay uh -huh. and but I just looked at them and they were they were all smiling like just being nice and yeah. getting out helping me with that so of course I'm always a little bit more uh, careful okay I'm not leaving my backpack or I'm not going far away of a backpack or if my backpack is in the car I, I I'm the last one who's leaving the car when everyone else is leaving. So I, I, I'm just careful. What are these? Uh, what are these conversations like that you're having with the people who are picking you up or the other hitchhikers in the car? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it always starts like, uh, "Where are you from?" Mm -hmm. And uh, first thing, yes, yes, just come in. And uh, the second question, most of the time, of them, "Oh, are you German?" And then, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that happens sometimes. Uh -huh. and, um, I had heard that story like at least ten times. Yeah, back in the times, hitchhiking was way easier. Uh -huh. Like thirty people were at the street and asking for for a lift. And nowadays, yeah, times change and people are afraid to take. Yeah, or to give other people a lift because mm -hmm. you never know. Um, this is, so this is what the Irish people are saying about yes, back in the day. Sort exactly. Of stuff, yeah, and right now it is it, it changed and they're more afraid. But my experience is for still many many people who are telling that mm -hmm. exactly these stories, 
but they still stop in giving her yeah, lift. Yeah, of course. So it still works, actually. You, you refer to this as, as a challenge. Do you think you learned a lot about yourself just through these couple weeks of hitchhiking? Of course. Yeah. The, um, the challenge was, or I, I set this to myself as a challenge because I, yeah, I was afraid a little bit of, mm -hmm. of doing that. Just about these people, what they think about me. For that reason, it started as a challenge. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it was a pleasure in the end because mm -hmm. uh, I, I really like to do that. And I, at the beginning, let's say, like the very first three to four rides or something, it was always a little bit uh, hard and mm -hmm. to, to place myself for and ask for a ride. Uh, but when I saw how fast I get a lift yeah. and how nice these people are, I, it, was, it became more and more easy. Mm -hmm. For that reason, of course, I learned how how blocked your own mind can be to right. things you never have tried, you mm -hmm. never had, uh, had the opportunity to do or you never wanted to do, just because uh, of your own social status, maybe mm -hmm. because I, in Germany I wouldn't have never done that. Yeah. Here people recommend it, and that's the only reason I, I actually did it. Of course, yeah. And um, this is what I what I learned: how blocked you can be. And of course, I learned way more how people are. What is the idea of of uh, uh, the people of Irish people mm. about uh, I, I got amazing recommendations for spots I should go uh, and this is how I base my whole trip on mm -hmm. just like okay I'm for meeting people talking to people and they tell me oh, if you are going to Connemara you should definitely go to Diamonds Hill mm -hmm. Diamonds Hill is amazing and walk down on, on the other side because you can see the lakes and everything it is amazing wow. go for it that's the best word of mouth you're gonna get yes that is the point because you have locals who mm -hmm. are actually telling you that I like to do cultural thing because I meet locals who can show you the local way of life right and that can be uh, even extended by hitchhiking because mm -hmm. these hitchhikers are most of the time locals as well it's not only locals I got uh, several rides of Americans uh, just um, yeah, going to some tourist attractions these guys guys from Uruguay mm -hmm. and um, it's not only uh, locals but uh, yeah, it's always cool. I mean, from the, uh, from, I guess there was a Canadian girl or Canadian woman I met somewhere. I'm not sure if it was a list. I already have some have some recommendations for Canada. Yeah. So. <laughs> you already said for North America yeah. then, yeah. <laughs> so you always get uh, new recommendations and yeah. of course you learn more. Where all did you hitchhike through? It seems like you hit m many places in Ireland and Northern Ireland. Can you name some of the some of the bigger cities you went yeah. to, bigger areas? Yeah, I um, yeah. As I mentioned before, I started in Dublin mm -hmm. and uh, hitchhiked all the way to Galway. Then I hitchhiked to the cliffs of Moher and back at the same day. Mm -hmm. uh, then all the way up to Connemara, that is the national park, out for. Uh, up to the north, uh, like into the bigger cities, Westport, Sligo, Donegal Town, mm -hmm. Derry. And uh, then I mixed it a little bit with some, some buses as well to go like to the most northern part of Ireland, to Marlinhead, uh, all the way down. But because the bus wasn't really going the way I wanted to go, I just hitchhiked. So I, I took the bus half of the way and hitchhiked the rest of the way. Yes. And it was still faster. So from, from Creaselaw to Sleafleague, it's basically a coast, which gotcha. is in northern Ireland, like in the south. Um, 
and from Fur all the way back to Derry and uh, from Derry which is already Northern Ireland I didn't took any bus so just all hitchhiking all hitchhiking yes Jeez. Well, like I said yesterday, you, you've inspired me to do it. Tomorrow, I'm going to make my way up to Bally Castle, and I'm going to do it by hitchhiking. That's so I'm, I'm very excited to do it. The next morning after the session at the Ballyman Barn, Liz Weir, the owner, drove me into the center of Cushendal to continue my hitchhiking journey. I was picked up very quickly by a brother and a sister who loved telling jokes and who loved laughing, uh, who were headed up just past Bally Castle themselves. I don't think I've ever seen so many sheep in my life. Yeah, funny that. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. That's really all the, la- the land's fit for us, sheep. I'm going to drop you somewhere up here, and I'm going to somewhere to the right, and I'm exactly. Oh, here we are. There's a castle pass, and here we are. Oh, perfect. Well, I figured it out. I knew it was door pretty to close door. to us. I knew it was pretty close to us. Well, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. What were your names? I'm Joe. So nice to meet you too. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Goodbye. Have a good one. My second hitchhiking experience. Lovely brother and sister from Ireland drove me all the way to the front steps of my hostel. I love the people out here. This podcast is called Hostel Homies. It's, you know, it's all about the people you meet along the way during mm-hmm. your travels. And this can be someone that you met while hitchhiking or this can be someone in your past travels. But is there anyone you've met while traveling who's had a significant impact on your life? who you maybe still keep in contact with since travel. Yes, of course. That is the girl I was just talking. Mm-hmm. Because um, uh, we were basically travel buddies for a while. Yeah. And that's something which is really cool. You start your travel uh, on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just go for it. And I met her in the hostel. She was doing work away for working for a while. Mm-hmm. Gave me some recommendations. And I was like, oh, cool. I actually plan to, to go in the same direction. Yeah. What is first? Leaf League? Oh, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, these are cliffs. Yes, that's <laughs> definitely something I want to see again. Right. And it was cool. Just like traveling, you always have someone uh, you can talk to mm-hmm. and that is that is perfect and it was actually funnier to wait <laughs> because that girl liked to sing and play her ukulele and so she, she just started out of nowhere some songs and was like wow cool I have my own jukebox with yeah. me. <laughs> walking jukebox yes. what a cool yeah. bond to share with someone too your first yes. time hitchhiking in Ireland with yeah. someone else that's great and that was amazing it was an amazing time and uh, yeah, at some at some point, the way split up again. Mm-hmm. But you made another friend, and you know, uh, you can meet her or him all around the world because she is also traveling on her yep. own, and that's quite cool. I think that's the best. I think that that's the best, the best part about travel. Yeah, exactly. Where in the world do you think everyone should go? And this can be a city, a town, or as specific as a restaurant or a park bench you once sat on. Okay. Um, I would like to base it on the current travel because mm-hmm. I have travel, yeah, almost every continent. Mm-hmm. But um, I would like to, to base it on this this travel, and yeah. that travel started in the beginning of October. Mm-hmm. And I started in Iceland, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't 
really have a good reason why to go in Iceland. It was just like a cheap flight and mm -hmm. I thought, why not? It is very north. I, uh, before I went to Iceland, my most northern part uh, I have ever been was Hamburg in Germany. Mm -hmm. And um, so I thought like, okay, I will just take it. I will start in Iceland, start off in Iceland. Uh, but later on I figured out, oh, it's Iceland. I would have to, uh, the chance to see the Aurora Borealis. and. Um, when I was booking that flight uh, to, to Iceland, I didn't have all of that in mind. Mm -hmm. But it, tur it turned out to be the perfect timing, actually, to see the Northern Lights. Oh, is that and, right? Yes. And that was something that is amazing. Mm -hmm. I, 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 when I realized that whole thing, I was like looking so much further. But just because of the Northern Lights. And in the end, it was amazing, of course. Mm -hmm. But it was not only the Northern Lights. It is, was amazing nature it was amazing just to uh, to travel by yourself in that car just for an hour and the nature changes completely every half an hour or something it's that diverse out there, it's huh? incredible diverse you have like incredible waterfalls mm -hmm. you have a nice shore the sea um, you just go up a little mountain suddenly everything snow like huge rocks uh, covered with green moss and powdered with mm -hmm. snow you go a little further hail <laughs> <laughs> just out of nowhere just out of nowhere you you go further white fields with sheep on it and you see the mountains in the far and it's like an endless straight uh, road you you almost think you would be on route 66 or something yeah, like that yeah. it is amazing it is incredible the countryside especially the north of iceland mm -hmm. uh, where i also could see the, the northern lights yeah. were incredible that whole package altogether was amazing i can i would recommend everyone to have a look for and what time of the year? What time of the year did you say was the perfect time to go? Um, October, October, because um, I went for in between t uh, I, New Moon, basically during mm -hmm. New Moon. So there was no light pollution at all. Yeah. Um, it was a clear sky, and for that reason, the the Northern Lights were amazing. They were like right above of us. You could see this three-dimensional shapes. Uh, you could see a really intense green. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of people tell you, yeah, you, they're quite pale. It doesn't look like they're looking on the pictures. Mm -hmm. But if they're right above you, they are green. They're changing the color. They become purple. And you see these three-dimensional shapes moving around. That is amazing. Spectacular. It is. The Northern Lights, October, Iceland. Perfect. Roland, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Perfect timing for <laughs> 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 Thanks for listening to Hostel Homies. <laughs>